we are live at this killer event space here uh, in, what do we call this, WeHo, Wedgwood, Houston area, I believe is what we call is this it? area. Really cool office here. Maybe we're off 4th Avenue. Off 4th Avenue, of course, in WeHo. That's right. So, Sinkers, welcome to the show. He is Zach. It sounds very Californian. I don't know if I like this WeHo thing. I, I don't love all the nicknames that are happening in yeah. Nashville either, but uh, that is what they the kids are saying these days. But welcome. We've got a huge show planned for you guys. We're going to go through the entire AFC South because the first wave of free agency is gone. We spent a lot of time on the Titans every week on this show, twice a week on this show. But let's take a look at the Texans, the Jags. Uh, let's take a look at the Colts. Let's see how everybody's doing relative to each other. How does that affect how we view the division? There's some free agency, uh, other news trickling in and out, of course, around the Titans. We've also got some DeAndre Hopkins rumors that are swirling, and we're going to shut those down for you real fast on the show today. And, of course, some spring storylines. Just how do you need to pay attention to spring football in the SEC? It's an important PSA later on in the show. Now, Zach, the Kingston Group is still a great Locally owned sponsor here on the show, buildkg.com. If you need any big decisions about a house, make sure you talk to the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. But part of the reason we love working with Sinkers and wanted to work with Sinkers is not only does Zach shop at Bluegrass up in Hendersonville, I shop at Sinkers in East Nashville, but it's because they adhere to all of the principles and the guidelines of what a 440 Sports partnership looks like, which is their product's just a little bit better than everybody else's, okay? They've got cool live events. They've got live tastings. They've got a VIP access to early stuff, allocation stuff. And they've got this killer event space here at Track 1, again, in Wedgwood, Houston area. And we've got some cool stuff planned for you guys. We're going to have some events here throughout the course of the summer and the football season. And Sinkers is the one making it happen. So, also, oh, by the way, Uber Eats, search Sinkers, have the booze delivered right to your house. They are just better than everybody else. We're all, we're all about the booze delivery. Yes, we are. They, uh, you know what? You know what that means? You can drink. Wait a minute. They'll drive so you can drink. There we go. There we go. It's been a while. Well it's been a while. Well, well it's been done. a while since I used that. Well, well done. Uh, listen, if you want to jump into the comment section, please do. Uh, of course, we've got lots of AFC South talk today. But again, welcome to the show. If you're in Hendersonville, if you're up in the North Nashville area, of course, Bluegrass is your spot. If you're in East, go check out Sinker's Beverages. Again, better selection. Family owned and operated since 1985. Recently re renovated and remodeled. I've been shopping there now for the last few years. Go check out Sinkers, everybody. So support local business. And again, if you want a little bit better wine selection, a little bit better bourbon selection, somebody to help you through that process, Uber Eats, search Sinkers, all the good stuff there from Sinkers. So welcome to the show, everybody. And look, we're going to have some cool events here planned. Um, I don't know. There's an event coming up at the end of April. Oh, there is, isn't there? It's that, almost our one-year anniversary, wouldn't you say? It would be, actually. Yeah. <laughs> almost to the day. Uh, so we might have something planned for you guys. So just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Sinkers. For our most Kingsfield. loyal listeners. Only. And here's the other thing about Sinkers. When you go in there, it's called the in-crowd. Sign up for the in-crowd. You can sign up on their website as well. You'll get all kinds of VIP access. You'll get allocation information. You'll get when to come by and get early access to certain things. There's VIP tastings that are going on in the store all the time as well. So sign up for in the in-crowd. They'll, they'll, they'll track all the spending. And then only certain very important customers will have access to some of these parties that we're going to do. We're going to have go. some parties. We're going to have some parties. We're going to have some parties. I and, mean, look uh, at, I almost thought about turning around and having a party right now. This one right here. I like that Love one right four there. roses. I like that one right there. I like all these. These are yeah. all delicious. So, okay. Um, thanks to the Kingston group and welcome to sinkers, of course, and bluegrass as well. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting local business out there. All you guys listening. So, all right, here we go. We'll get to, we'll get to new Hopkins and we will get to some other free agent updates and we'll get to some sec storylines, how you should consume content in the SEC. But let's start with looking at the AFC. If I just said in general, 
who gained the most ground on on their previous version of themselves. Oh, it'd be the Texans. It's got to be the Texans, I mean, like, right? They got the best coach. I mean, you can all you could argue theoretically that they have the best coaching hire of the the entire coaching cycle, and they have the, essentially, in my opinion, the second best coach in the AFC South. Like I think D'Amico yeah. Ryan's is legit, and it looks like D'Amico Ryan's vision is coming to fruition. The San Francisco model is coming to Houston and it's overcoming the ineptitude of Nick Casario that he has shown so far. It's just all kind of coming together for the Houston Texans. So they have gained the most ground in the AFC. So I knew you were going to say, I agree with you. I think it's obvious that they've gained the most ground and we'll go through again. They've also signed more free agents and had the worst roster. So they had the easiest path ahead of them in terms of that. I think that D'Amico Ryans will be the second best coach in the division quickly. He already is. He probably is. Doug Peterson's gotten to a Super Bowl, and D'Amico Ryans has never coached a game. So I'm always hesitant. And I knew you were uh, going to. D'Amico Ryans has been to a Super Bowl. Not as a head coach. So, so. so uh, that matters. Mm. It's a different role. How, how did uh, the Peterson thing all end again? Look, I, listen, I am. Oh, because I knew you were going to do this. I because knew you he were lost the locker room. Oh, that's right. I knew that's you were right. going to make it. Plus six wins for Jacksonville last year, last year under Doug Peterson. Now, listen. Yeah, I mean, ooh, that eight-nine record. I am not a Doug Peterson stand here. I think he is by default number two because we don't know what the other two guys are. I agree that D'Amico Ryan's is probably the best hire of any team in the entire NFL. Yes. Love the hire. They're also sitting ahead of the Colts. In the draft. <laughs> so yes. they're picking two. Colts and they're ahead of four. the Colts in a lot of areas, yes. not just the draft. Yes. So in fact, the Colts probably have somehow lost more ground <laughs> than what they had to come in with. Like probably they basically they had like a short runway already and then they just demolished it. Now they're just landing in mud when they're coming in to the airport. <laughs> That's a fantastic analogy. Um, so the Houston Texans have also signed more people than anybody else. Now, I want to ask you a philosophical question okay. about free agency. I was listening to the Paul Garski podcast today, so make sure you go check that out, of course, from the 440 Sports Network. I was listening to the F-Words pod from the 440 Sports Network. Go check that out with you and Mike every Wednesday. And he, he I think there's a common thought, and I think I've kind of ascribed to this for, for most of my football career covering football, and that is you don't win Super Bowls by outspending anybody. It's not the process with which you win uh, you know, consistently build winners. You have to build through the draft. The best franchise in the NFL build through the draft. Karski said this on the pod uh, today that came out. The last three top spenders in free agency, Miami, New England, and Jacksonville, the last three years, Jacksonville last year, New England the year before that, and Miami the year before that. That's plus 14 combined wins for those three teams. Jacksonville was plus six last year. Miami was plus three the year before that in terms of wins, and Miami plus five the year before that. Those are just anecdotal numbers. That yeah. doesn't that doesn't tell the whole story because there's lots of teams that spend and, yeah. and suck. Especially since the Jaguars still had a losing record. But they made and they were coming from such a bad spot under Urban Meyer that it was much easier to gain ground when you already had Trevor Lawrence, let's say, on the roster. So it doesn't tell the whole story. But with the Titans having 140 million coming up next year, and the Texans going all in on a bunch of weapons to support whoever they draft. I mean, let, let's we got to define all in because they're relatively Fair. really good contracts. But but in a so I, I, what I meant to say is I probably should rephrase that an efficient a, a, an efficient approach to upgrading their roster around yeah. what is probably going to be C.J. Stroud, I assume, or maybe Bryce Young, one of the two at that number two pick. They've done a good job with with Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary and Robert Woods. They added Jimmy Ward to the safety group. Um, Chase Winovich, Sheldon Rankins, a bunch of veterans that aren't super great, but not terrible. 
Uh, the contracts are efficient, in my opinion, to, to your point. I, I just think when you look at the draft slot and you look at D'Amico Ryans and you look at the free agency that they've put around what's going to be a rookie quarterback, it's hard not to say that Houston has done so far the best job of any team in the South. Okay, so let's talk about this. So they've added 16 free agents, which is tied for second most in the NFL so That's far. A lot. But they have spent only the 15th most in the offseason. So not only have they gotten a bunch of players, they've only spent uh, basically the league average in terms of money spent and over total overall total value of a contract. So they're only a few spots ahead of how much the Tennessee Titans have spent in overall value of contracts. So they're they're not too far away. They just have gotten a lot more players for less money, which is what you kind of want to do. Like the the thing about spending money, spending money in the first day of free agency, those days usually those don't work out. Those signings don't work out. You're you're overpaying for players that you're afraid won't be there in like an hour. Give or me so. some, like, are you talking like about, like Jesse, talking about Jesse Bates? Yeah. Jesse Bates, Mike McGlinchey is an okay. overpay. Yeah, I agree. With that uh, Nate Davis is an overpay. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. That's why it's, I am a big believer in kind of like just, it's not bargain bin shopping. It's value. It's, efficient, it's efficiency. It's being efficient. Yeah. And also here, let me ask it's, you this about the Titans versus the Texans, just relative. I, I think, because we're talking about getting more players for cheaper prices yeah. per player by the Texans, right? Even though we kind of joke about the tech, the Titans roster being in like, a, oh, it's a big mess. They don't have receivers. The offensive line was atrocious. That's all true. It still was nowhere near the quality, poor quality of the Texans roster. No, no. Which means they can bring it a bunch of these guys in. It wasn't it be- technically, in in essence, on paper, technically was not a bad roster for 2022 injuries made it a bad roster for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, the yeah, Texans yeah. were a bad roster and they didn't yes. don't have any excuse because there is no injury excuse or reason for that other than they just were a poorly coached, poorly built team at the time. And and, and obviously Brandon Cooks now is off and, mm-hmm. and off the roster so it's a big contract that's yeah, they been still have a wide receiver issue over there which they are like battle battling out with the Titans for the worst wide receiver room, which I do think the Texans have a better one, by the way. Uh, better than the Titans. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's Well, they they have actually a enough people to build out a uh, wide receiver room. It's kind of like a, a Wayne's World when his crazy girlfriend comes up and she gives him a gun rack. He's like, I don't even own <laughs> a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate a gun, gun rack. rack. Okay. What so the Titans don't have a wide receiver room. They don't have like you. They've have they have a physical wide receiver room built in St. Thomas Sports Park somewhere. Are you? Sure? But they don't have enough wide receivers to go into it. At least the Texans have that. Well, and Dalton Schultz is. Well, I think Chig will be better. Dalton Schultz right now is a more proven commodity. Robert Woods is a is what he is. We know exactly what it is. I th- probably think higher than of Robert Woods than most Titans fans do. But he's a a two and a half wide receiver three. They're going to have to upgrade those positions. I, I just think it's really. I, here, the beauty of this, and this kind of goes into our Titans conversation we've had for three months now, which is you can rebuild, glow up, whatever. You can do it really fast in the NFL. And they're doing it really fast. And they're doing it really fast. And, and they're doing I, it with a, they're going to probably have their franchise quarterback and the maybe, head coach. Like this whole quarterback thing between the Texans, and I don't know if you're really up to date on what's going on between the Texans and the Colts, but the Colts are l- actively looking to fuck it up. So, so, but anyway, let's talk about the Texans real well, quick. If for whatever reason, if for whatever reason the the Panthers decide to draft Bryce Young, the Texans are not drafting a quarterback at two. Is pretty much the prevailing thought. They do not like C.J. Stroud. They do not like Anthony Richardson. That is, and Will Levis. That is the prevailing thought 
that they will be out of that. The Colts, they think there's that big of a gap between they, that's, and CJ that's what people are saying. Now, listen, because the rumors are the Panthers like Richardson, right? Well, no, well, the biggest rumor, I mean, like, I don't know what you can believe because it is smoke screen season, but they are like all over CJ Stroud's jock strap. Like this, Frank Reich, I don't know if you saw the clip of them after his workout, but uh, Josh McCown, uh, who's on staff with the Panthers, he's like, hey, you know, we'll have to find a court. And CJ Stroud's like, yeah, there's a court right over here, you know, play basketball. <laughs> and he goes, no, when you get to uh, Carolina, whatever, rally, I think, wherever they're Charlotte, at. Charlotte, that's Charlotte. where it's at. Uh, get to Charlotte, and uh, that's when we'll play basketball. So, like, when you live in Charlotte. I got you. I got you. So, well, North Carolina does like Josh scoops. McCown, though, also, before he even got the job, was, like, all over C.J. Stroud in, like, when he was going to talk about quarterbacks and, you know, doing the whole right. analysis thing. If they don't draft C.J. Stroud and they draft Anthony Richardson, this is, like, Bud Adams, Jeff Fisher, drafting Vince Young part two. Like, I'm saying it could work out better because Frank Reich and because of this, but that is the Panthers ownership, David Tepper, saying, we, I yeah, want yeah. Anthony Richardson. So you're, okay, so your your whole spiel is, if Bryce Young's available at two, they take Bryce Young and they're good to go. Yeah. But if it's anybody else, you think they're going Will Anderson? Yeah, I, I would assume so, or a trade back and letting someone else come up, which would make sense. I mean, okay. when you're talking about a team like that. But I've all, always said, Man, I've always seems said. seems like a huge mistake. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I do think it's it's a huge mistake. But I've always said that you know this this is all about building a team and where their team is at right now. They can get other draft picks and and move back just a little bit. You know, th to me, they didn't sign Jimmy G, so it's like Davis Mills and um, what quarterback did they freaking sign? That thought was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> uh, well, they not, they oh they signed Kyle Allen, oh, Kyle Allen, and they signed Case Houston. Keenum. If I'm not two mistaken. Houston Cougar quarterbacks, no, Case Keenum or Kyle Allen left, so they signed Case Keenum. Uh, is their quarterback? So they don't have. Thank you, Stony, for yeah. that. Uh, the Panthers. Uh, Stony also chimes in. The Panthers were all over Stroud's hog at the Ohio yeah. State Pro Day. I don't know what that means, Stony. Uh, Trey says uh, whole setup is fire today. Thank you, Trey, for tuning in and for noticing how awesome this setup is provided by Sinkers. In East Nashville, Bluegrass and Hendersonville, go shop there, buy your liquor there, Uber Eats, search sinkers, continue. But, but, I mean, that's just what the rumors are out there. So, rumors are rumors, you don't really know, but the, the prevailing thought is, is that they just are not as sold on C.J. Stroud as everybody else is. The, and, and maybe there's good cause for that, at least at number two, you know. But to me, it's like, their their team is now probably good enough to be third place in AFC South without a quarterback. If you get a quarterback and that quarterback is good, you know that's the big thing. Can Bobby Slowick work some mag magic over there and do something it's, with it's it? It's about the conviction of your evaluation. Yeah, so I don't think they have that big yeah. conviction. It sounds like. Um, by the way, this is a an autographed Chris Johnston helmet right here. So Sinkers, not only locally owned, but also huge Titans fans. Okay, so they like the Titans as much as you guys do. So, um, all right, which Jacksonville is fascinating to me because they spent a ton of money last year, and we all kind of chuckled and said, oh, <laughs> "Go ahead, Eagles, try to do what the Eagles did and make the dream team." Or you know, we kind of always laugh at the team that spends the most money. Jacksonville's a lot of times the one of the, is one of them, but it worked last year. Some of that's because Urban Meyer's just not there. Urban Meyer's just yeah. not there. That's the number one reason it worked. And, it, and a lot of it was the Tennessee Titans had Todd Downing and a bunch of injuries. Sure, certainly. Uh, the division is very easy. To that that could have easily 
been six and eleven and not eight and nine. No, no question about it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence already was on the roster, so the number one overall pick from the year before was already on the roster. They did spend on a very specific skill set, speed at at receiver around them. Well, this year, zero, not one single free agent. Now, I actually like it because Calvin Ridley counts in this conversation as an acquisition in theory. He's not a free agent signing, but Calvin Ridley is now packaged with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and all those weapons. There's a lot of speed in the backfield. There's a lot of speed at receiver, a lot of speed at tight end, and you got a quarterback who knows how to distribute the ball. I think Peterson limits their upside long-term, but I think in the short term, I actually like the fact that Jacksonville said, we did all our work last year. They haven't made a huge, big, big jump in progress this year, but they got a lot of young players on defense, and they've added Ridley. So not as big a jump as Houston, but I think kind of maintaining the course is how I would describe Jacksonville. I don't know how you feel. Uh, I mean, I, as a Titans fan, enjoy it because I think they're making a huge mistake relying on players that have had one season of success, like Christian Kirk, like Zay, uh, Zay Jones, like Evan Ingram. Uh, out of the whole time, they've only had this one amazing season, and they're looking to recapture that glory. So they're restructuring deals. You know who else does that and tries to recapture their glory and restructure deals and all that kind of stuff? The New Orleans Saints. <laughs> so I, I personally like it because you're talking about keeping the same talent that you had last year. That got you, you, you like it as a tight. You like it as a tight. Yeah, fan, I love not, it as a not, you don't like. It I mean, as I, a strategy. For I think them. It, not as a strategy for them. Objectively, that is a, that's a horrible strategy because you're treading water, and you're an eight win team, and you're only an eight win team because the other teams in your division were piss poor. That's not going to be the case this year. This is going to be a much more competitive division last year outside of the Colts, but it's going to be a much more competitive division than last year. More so more, treading water, more balanced. Yeah, mean. treading water does not make a ton of sense at the Jacksonville this stage while you have a rookie quarterback contract. That is the thing you, yep. this is not taking advantage of your competitive advantage over everybody else in the division. So I, I think that argument is fair. I guess the question is, is they're, they're so young on defense and Lawrence and ETN and some of these guys are still very young on offense. It like, they did their big spend last year. I agree with they you. Did, they did sign uh, two free agents, by the way. Michael Dogby, a defensive end from Arizona. Dearness Johnson yesterday, which is who I wanted for the Titans. Okay, there you go. From Cleveland. I, listen, it's not as much ground. Like, it's interesting because I think you can grade the strategies and you can grade. And I don't want to do like the actual grading here. But you, you can evaluate the strategy and you can evaluate like the growth. And those could be different things. Yeah. Houston is clearly going to make up the most ground because they had the easiest path the most Just to make up. The Titans and the Jags were the best in the division. And so they're there's less it's just harder to go from 8 wins to 11 wins than it is to go from 3 to to 8. So I actually like the different strategies for both teams. I'm interested to see if it works for Jacksonville because yeah. I I I know I'm a much bigger believer in Lawrence than you are. I like Peterson a little bit more than you do. Not great. I just think that they're set up for success because no one else can do what they can do in the division right now, which is sling it all over the field to weapons and play in space and play fast and play up like no one else in the division can do that right now. Maybe that changes with, with yeah. Tim Kelly. Maybe that changes with a healthy Tannehill. Maybe that changes with Bryce Young at Houston. I don't know. I think that's a mistake for them to go that route too, because that's putting a lot on Trevor Lawrence who he had magic in a bottle for that in the second half of the season. Then that magic dissipated, you know, when he threw like four or five interceptions. I mean, I think the, I think the second half of that game was, I do remember the second. Yeah. Half well, that's called uh, the chargers implosion. First off, the Jaguars had one of the best 
had one of the easiest schedules, had one of the hardest or one of the best injury rates. They had like nobody get injured, which is hard to replicate, which is hard to replicate. Yeah. And in that whole craziness of Trevor Lawrence's second season, where he second half of the season where he goes up against really piss poor pass defenses that needs to play into a factor factor. So the data and the history will tell you that the Jaguars are going to go back from eight wins to probably six or five wins. In my opinion. See, I, 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 I mean, I, I think they're going to at least match what they did last year. If not grow, at least it will a, be, it will be really tough when, because they're having to take a first place schedule. Yeah, that's true. That's about that's a really good argument. Because and the Texans are better. The Titans are, are healthier. Another reason to have rooted for them to yeah. lose right, yeah. right, last year. Um, here's what I would say: like Houston, three wins last year, they could easily get to five or six because yeah. they've made so much growth because uh, they've made so many moves. Uh, Indianapolis, we'll get to in a second. Nine and eight. It's hard to go from nine and eight to eleven wins. It's just harder. I think they can match nine. The question is, is that good enough to win the division? Well, they got to match eight, know. right? Because they didn't win nine games last. They were nine. Year. They were nine and eight last year. I thought they were eight and nine. Nine and eight last year. Hmm. Winning record. They went from three to nine, but it's real hard. Even though we saw this with the Titans, the Titans got went quickly, right? Yeah. From, from they went from two to nine, right? With with. Uh, Mike Malarkey's, I think, first season. And it was the biggest growth in the history of Titans football from one year to the next. And then it's hard to go from that next step where they go 9-7, and 9-7. and seven. Oh, Then they finally jump up with Vrabel to get to 11 wins. It takes time. I do think they can be as good. I but Because I think they get better, but the schedule gets harder. So How I think do they get better? They didn't get better I, anywhere. I, I think the... I think it's about Lawrence eliminating mistakes. That's what it's about for me. I think he gets better. I think you're asking a lot. I think the defense is full of young, talented players in the front seven. They're going to be better. Georgia defenders, though, right? <laughs> and let me let me go say check something. out the episode on Monday. Yeah. And let me say something. Trayvon Walker, it, he ain't worth shit. I, I, I'm not there yet on him. Bad or good. I'm actually yeah. I'm actually completely ag um, agnostic. No, I'm apathetic yeah. to well, Trayvon I think Walker. agnostic work, too. <laughs> exactly. The Colts, on the other hand. All right. So Houston, better than Jacksonville. We'll get to where the Titans fit in all of this. Kingston Group, by the way, buildkg.com. And now Sinkers. Welcome to our show. Uh, the Colts four wins last season, four and twelve. Um, they have brought in. Uh, you know who's their best free agent signing? Gardner Minshew. Nope. Samson Ekabom. Nope. Hmm. Oh, oh, bringing back EJ Speed. Nope. Who? The kicker, Matt Gay. Oh, might yeah. be their best free yeah. agent signing. And if, the, and if your <laughs> best free agent, if your best free agent signing in the entire offseason is your kicker, no. I know Titans fans, you could laugh about that and be like, why don't we do that? That could be a smart strategy. Spend a little cash on the best available kicker. That's their best free agent signing. And I don't, like, again, I know they've got a high draft pick. They did resign Tyquan Lewis, I guess. They've got a high draft pick. They probably had more talent on their roster than Houston did, which is not saying much. Could they get to six wins? Maybe. Oh, man. I don't know what no. the coaching staff is. I don't know what the quarterback situation is. I think this is a bottom-out year for the Colts. I think you probably agree with me on that. Yeah, I, I think it's not for a lack of trying because I... First off, if it's a... If this if this team has is an embarrassment like it was last year, Chris Ballard's gone. Yeah, and there's, yeah, and I, I don't know if Jonathan Gannon's job was technically safe just because he just got hired or not, because this is Jim Mercy we're talking about. But I, I will I will sure. say on the caution that maybe he gets to stay and they bring in like some Eagles, you know, GM to pair with him some, or whatever. Some analytics. Maybe guru. like Ian Cunningham or someone yep, like that. Yep. The, the problem is, is that I told everybody at the Combine 
that the words that Chris Ballard is saying and his posture and his demeanor and his mannerisms lead me to believe that they're not drafting a quarterback. They're not sold to any quarterback at the top of this draft. And today, someone has finally in Indianapolis picked up on this and has added more context and more words. Greg Doyle at the Indy Star, I encourage you to go read very, it. Very well sourced. Very well sourced. He's, again, he's kind of, he's picking out all the words being said. And he thinks, and this is what I said, with Jonathan Gannon, I thought Hendon Hooker is going to be the guy that's going to be drafted by the Colts Ooh, in the second, second or round. third round. Okay, okay. And it sounds like to me that it's going to be Hendon Hooker and that it's not going to be Will Levis, that it's not going to be Anthony Richardson. This is fantastic news for the Tennessee Titans, and I am totally bought in. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. On hang this. on, hang on. Yeah. It's not fantastic news if it's Hooker over Levis. Wouldn't you prefer them to take Levis with the fourth I pick? I wouldn't. No, I'd prefer them not to have a quarterback. Okay, okay. I, just, I, I, thought, <laughs> I, mean, you, I like, thought we hated Will Levis. I well, I mean, I do, but I'm, I'm talking about now they're going to waste a second or third round pick on a player who may not even be able to play that I agree year with. one that I agree where they would force probably Will Levis out there. So they're going to be rolling with Gardner Minshew. <laughs> you know, like, that's that's pretty good. Now, listen, what I, I don't understand what they're doing at all because they're doing the same thing they always do, which is not spend a lot of money in free agency. And guess what that's going to do? Nothing for them because they need help. They've lost Bobby Okukure uh, or whatever his yeah, last name yeah. is. They've lost Good Paris player. Campbell, a lot of speed. Solid player. I mean, now they don't have... They have Ashton Doolin, which they signed to way more money yeah. than what the Titans signed to Nick Westbrook-Kinney. And... Ashton Doolin has played four seasons. Nick Westbrook-Kinney, three seasons. I guess who has the better stats? NWI. <laughs> so, like, He's not saying a lot. Yeah, they're, they're, they signed Taven Bryan, who's a first-round bust. They, they signed Isaiah McKenzie, now, which is a really weird signing because you already got Ashton Doolin, so why do you need Isaiah McKenzie? So, obviously, the offensive line took a huge step back in terms of their on-field production. Yeah, and they're just another year older. They're just another year older. My question is, don't isn't there the, the vast majority of their nucleus of skill players still fairly young or in their prime like taylor's in his prime if he can stay healthy but that's a huge if you've got Pittman. you got the the who was the uh the cincinnati receiver that i'm drawing a blank on um that had had some nice oh moments. um alex pierce yeah alex pierce. alex pierce they've got a bunch of tight ends that aren't great but like have some ability they're all kind of no, young mo alley cox i don't believe is re-signed with them yet I they're, think but he's they're at, not old though they're not old on at that at those positions so maybe there's some isn't like mo alley cox even if he's on the team like 33 well, well, no, he's he's different. I'm talking. There, who's the other? There's another tight end that's like uh, the, Jelani. The guy Jelani everyone, yeah, everybody lost their minds over last year in the draft. Yeah. So and he did nothing. I I think it, so. Here's here's what I was told by a. And this is a reporter um, on background who covers the team who told me that Richardson is their guy. That Richardson's the one that they want. But to your point and to what we've said all the time about this, is we just don't. It's all smokescreen stuff. So we don't know if they're putting that out through back channels to try to gin up interest so that people want to come up and trade to get that spot. I, I don't, we just don't know what their, their motivations are, but that that's the name that they like if they pick it at four, which of course he may not be there. He could be taken at one, two, or I guess one or two, I guess the Cardinals. But to your point, it, but. this is a prime team that is at a state in its roster that can bottom out and get the number one quarterback next year. Like if Probably. you, if I, if I were to put odds on teams that, are likely going to be picking number one overall next year. Uh, Colts are at the top of the list. 
is that is that because of the quarterback situation mostly? Well, they're just like if they don't, a trash if they, team. Well, they have a they have a bad head coach. They have a bad GM. Oh, bad ownership. Okay. They have no quarterback, no weapons, no real weapons that you can count on. Uh, the offensive line just another year older, and it's already old enough, and it didn't wasn't good last year. And the defense lost a lot of speed. And it doesn't look that good. And their well, their best players are kind of question marks. Yeah, like if they they've taken steps back, and we're not sure about their long term. You know, no Stephon so. Gilmore. You know, they so, don't have any. They don't really have anybody to write home about. Like Gardner Minshew is the most exciting player that they got. I I know you don't like Michael Pittman. I like Michael Pittman, but I mean Michael Pittman's a great wide receiver too. But you're basically yeah. asking Corey Davis to be wide receiver. <laughs> if one. Jonathan Taylor's healthy, obviously that changes. But that's a huge if. I, I just it's easy for me to say and like if we're going to bring the Titans into this conversation now and say who has made up the most ground and I think we don't know the answer for the Titans yet because we don't know what's going to happen with Kevin Byard, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, mm -hmm. right? Those three in particular. And if if they if those three stay here with the efficient names that they've signed that we you know we went deep uh, on this on Monday so go check out all of our thoughts on all the free agents you guys did a lot of it as well on on Efforts Pod so go check out all the other shows for all the free agents you know, Dillard Key Alshier all these guys Brunskill but if to me if they keep all their guys they've made up a far more ground on their previous selves than the Colts have by a mile if they were to trade Tannehill acquire assets, trade Henry, get money off the books and get an asset. They're more in a rebuild mode and they've lost ground on themselves. Is that, yeah, does that make sense? Like, yeah, but, but, that, mean, but then it's part of the strategy that Vrabel and Rand Carthon are employing on purpose. It's just, yeah. But right? it's just, it's also like, it's Mike Vrabel. And, and I know people are like, well, Mike Vrabel can lose games and he lost seven games in a row. Yeah. I understand. There's a lot of context behind those seven games, but he is getting players that he wants there. He's getting players that can help him. We talked about football and other F words where Sean Murphy Bunteen, um, he, <laughs> Bunting, Bunting, like um, he's a man coverage corner, right? Like his best features is that he's a main press man. He likes to be a man. And that's what Mike Vrabel's always wanted to do with this defense. He's never had the athletic people on the outside to be able to do that. So if you're getting Mike Vrabel who he wants, which is the whole point of collaboration, even if that means getting rid of people that you think cannot be replaced, Mike Vrabel in his mind is thinking, yeah, I let's ship Tannehill out, let's ship Henry out. Yeah, we'll sign a couple of players that I know that we can fill in. We can get the most out of this team, and this defense is fucking elite right now. All that matters is that we are not injured. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's huge. Obviously, you mentioned Jacksonville last year. Some of their growth was that they stayed healthy. There's no question about that. I mean, I, surely not the third year in a row that they are like leading the league in injuries, right? That, well. I mean, that would be the worst bad luck ever. Statistically, that would be highly improbable. Yeah. Um, here's it's it's interesting because you got Harold Landry coming because you you have Landry doesn't technically count, but like he does because if but I he said, counts to like the state of the team. Yeah. Well, if I ground. said starting roster week one better this year or last year, there's so many defense better, offense worse with Landry back. But a lot of that's because they moved on from veterans mm -hmm. that were a part of the team for a long time. Whereas the Jags haven't done that. The Colts kind of did that, but not really. The Texans are in the totally opposite ballpark, mm -hmm. which they've gained the most ground. So if I'm doing a power rankings of teams in the division, I'd probably have the Jags one, the Titans clearly two. Then I'd go Texans, Colts down here at the bottom somewhere. Maybe Texans above the Colts, give or take, if they, especially if they draft a quarterback. But who made up the most ground? I don't know where to put the Titans. I, I, honestly, I don't know because Jacksonville did zero. 
Well, they've you lost could, ground technically could, when you look at the free right. agents they lost, but it's all on the offensive side of the football, right? Like that's that's the key thing here is that it's all on the offensive side of the football, which means that yeah, other than David, Long, if you're right? strictly talking who's made up the most ground in the the first two weeks of free agency, obviously Texans. If you're talking about who has lost the most ground. I think the Colts, because the Colts have lost players. They don't have a quarterback. The Titans still have right. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry. So they didn't they didn't gain any ground, but they if they lost ground, it's like by this much because the players that you lost are Terry Lewan, who's a non factor, Robert Woods, who was a non factor, and Austin Hooper was a non factor. You can quote listen. Austin Hooper did some great stuff, but you're talking about losing 500, 400 yard pass. No, no, catches. no. It, there's, it's not an argument about those guys yeah. being great. It's just, but like, what's there right now? Yeah, and nothing's it's not there. there right now. So, so I, th- I think actually we kind of agree on this, which is rare for us. Here's what we agree that the Texans have made up the most mm-hmm. ground of anybody. Clearly, that the Colts have probably taken this, the biggest step back, and that the Jags are basically dead even. Yeah. So the key is where do we put the Titans in that conversation? And right now they have, at minimum, they're in the black, or the red. They're in the red. They're in the red, like barely, barely in the, the red, red, which puts them below Jacksonville. Yeah, but if they were to trade Tannehill and Byard or or Henry, any of those names, they go further down, right? But it's on purpose, and they could easily after the draft go back up. Exactly, and if they and if they get some, it's pieces, a sliding scale, right? But right now, it's clearly Texas clearly Texas positive, Colts negative, Jags zero, yeah. the Mendoza line or whatever the zero mark. And the Titans are kind of fluctuating around there, but it's very clear that Jacksonville and Tennessee are the two best teams. Yes, in the division. And, so, and what's cool, or well, I don't still know if it's cool, but what's interesting is that the Tennessee Titans can make up a lot of ground because there's still time for them to make up a lot of ground. Right. And while the Jaguars, I feel like with their free agents, lack of free agency moves, they don't have as much ground that they can try to gain. Right, like their runway is is long. But it's not as long as the Tennessee Titans. Right. Tennessee Titans have a really long runway to gain some ground. I don't think they'll ever catch up to the Texans, though. So uh, the Jaguars are technically the defending champions. You know who's the defending champion? Best liquor store in Nashville, twenty twenty one. Sinkers. Sinkers, the reigning champion. Nashville scene, best of best liquor store in Nashville last year. Sinkers, right there's the logo right below me. Uh, again, go sign up. The in crowd, when you go to Sinkers in East Nashville or Bluegrass, their sister store up in Hendersonville, um, when you sign up, you get monthly allocation opportunity. You get VIP tickets to tastings. You get local tours of breweries and distilleries. You get early access to limited run supply of stuff and opportunities to join us here at this really cool event space for some special events that could be happening hypothetically around possibly a draft. I don't know. So go check it out. Uh, Also, draft. Also, there we go. Also, search Uber Eats. And again, w- part of the reason we're partnering with them is they they fit, they hit all, they check all of our boxes, right? As a draft prospect, they're locally owned and operated. So support local business. They believe in their people. Like that's what they care about. They care about the community of people that come in. They renovated the whole store to make, made it, make it a better environment and situation for people that go there. We use their store. You shop at Bluegrass. I shop at Sinkers. That's partly why we want to partner with people because we use them and we trust them. And we wouldn't tell you to use somebody that we didn't use. Uh, and and you know what? They just do their shit better than everybody else. Yep. That's it. Those are the people we partner with. Same with the Kingston group, buildkg.com. They're not the cheapest company in Nashville to renovate your home, but they're the best. And that's why we partner with people. We partner with the best. So check out Sinkers and Bluegrass and check out the Kingston group, buildkg.com. Free agency update. 
Zach, what else could the Titans be doing? We don't have we don't have numbers yet, by the way, on Andre Dillard's contract. Yes, we do. Oh, it's official? Yes, that okay. was official way early this morning. Please oh. turn on notifications okay. for at F-Words Pod, and you'd have all this information. <laughs> um, but since you, you... I hate notifications. I don't have any don't, notifications on. Since you don't know, let me scroll to find it real quick. Apparently, your arms are looking jacked. Looking jacked. In that shirt. Okay, three-year, $29 million. We knew that. Two... Two void years. We knew that there would probably be void years. Five point nine nine signing bonus. Oh, did you six. put this on Twitter? Yeah, I put it on Twitter. That's why oh, I said turn notifications that. put it on Twitter. <laughs> uh, 13, 10 million fully guaranteed. You can earn up to thirteen total guaranteed. Uh, Twenty twenty three cap hit is two point five six million. You can actually cut him after this year. Seven point something million in dead money because that's on a different tweet. And like you save two point something in cap savings. So technically, it could just be a one year deal. But if Prove you it. keep him for two years, Pro- you're still, you, you gain ground, pay yes. some stuff off. And yes. if you keep him for two years, it's a $10.698 million cap hit next year, which is not that insane of a cap hit for a left tackle. Hard to argue with the job Rand Carthon's done with the pieces he's signed and how he signed them, the length of term. All that stuff. It's a 26-year-old former first-round pick with some upside. Make him prove it. Make him prove it. That's pretty and good. They, they are currently at a little over $8 million in cap space. So, And then we're still waiting on SMB's contract. Now, I know you guys talked a lot about this on f so go check out the f pod. I will not turn on notifications. I'm sorry. It's not what I do. Um, should. But you're probably right. However, I know you guys talked a lot about what they still need to go get. And I don't necessarily need names from you. But I'm curious, what? How? Because they, like you said, they only have eight million. How many? About four and a half of that needs to go to the draft class. Yeah, I need to update that because it, obviously Roughly. with Andre Dillard's contract, some other people got bumped off, so the kind of thresholds change. So the question is, they're still bargain bin shopping at this point, and they still could use some essentially pieces. Essentially, shopping at like Dillard's is essentially like it's a, you can get some nice clothes at Dillard's. Okay. But it's not as uh, inexpensive no as shopping at Kmart. Yes. Okay. I didn't know that was still a store. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I've never. I have, where is? And one? you're not shopping at Nordstrom's. Yeah. So like that's where it's kind of at. Yeah, yeah. That's Nordstrom's is Orlando Brown. Yeah. Uh, but what positions though? Like tight end, maybe, maybe wide receiver. I, I, I again, I haven't turned on the notifications. Yeah. So I don't know if DJ Chark is still available yes, at time of taping. I love that player. Yeah, I, I that is a guy I would go get right now. I, he's physical. You and Mike are all about it, and I, and I'm I'm okay with it. I love like DJ it, Chark. Uh, I'm so, fine that Michael Hardman's got the, off the market. Sigh of relief. Like when the agent has sent messages out to everybody, like Ian Rappaport and all them, and one the the one that I think it was Schefter said. The uh, Jets got get their jet sweep guy or something like that. Their sweep end around guy. And I'm thinking who wrote that for him? <laughs> well, his agent, obviously. <laughs> but like that's what people think of him. It's not even like they get they get the deep threat that they've needed or they get fast guy. They get me Cole Hardman, jet sweep specialist, which is hilarious. It's a downgrade on Elijah Moore. Yeah, there's no question. You of course got. Oh, do you see Mike's tweet about Elijah Moore? His heavy coping. He's like, if I t- what if I told you you could get and it's a picture of Olamide Zacchaeus. Well, I told you you could get an undersized uh, wide receiver and not have to give up draft picks and blah 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 blah. And I'm thinking, I quote to you and said, "You, I would tell you that you're you're doing some major coping right you're now. Saying, That's you're a saying, major coping." So he's mechanism. trying to compare Olamide Zakitas, who's a running back at Virginia, by the way, um, who's five eight to Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. No, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on this one. Yeah, um, I <laughs> will say, I, I do think it's a down, I do think it's a downgrade. 
I think in cost also too. I think six and a half for Hardman, and I think more was cheaper. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah, more would definitely be cheaper, but I don't know how much that's uh, Hardman's not a, at. That's not an upgrade. Now I know they get the pick out of the deal, but like that's not an upgrade from in my mind. Um, now I guess all of its angles. Now they're talking about getting Odell Beckham over in the Jets. I, like this well, whole Jets thing is turning into like uh, remember the. Vince, you, you alluded to earlier, but the Vince Young Eagles team yes. with Michael Vick. This yes. is what it's the kind dream, of the dream team. It's going to turn. The into. difference will be they'll have an actual quarterback when they trade for Rodgers. Now, mm. maybe that's is what he? the pick is. Is the pick related to to trying to acquire Rodgers? Who knows? Um, well, supposedly they haven't even talked this week. Like yeah. the Jets, the Packers, Packers are in no rush to make this happen until the first game of the season. So but, the pressure's on the Jets. But anyway, like a who lot else, of people, who else are the Titans getting? Yeah, a lot of people are talking about like the the blocking tight end. Obviously, Foster Moreau, who got diagnosed with cancer, which was insane. And apparently, the Saints medical staff catches a lot of people. They caught something with Will Compton when he came in for something. Uh, they Someone else mentioned some player I'd never even heard of. I can't even. Why, uh, t- why would that be different from team to team? Like, shouldn't the know. same quality of doctor be doing these? Have check-ups? you met the Tennessee Titans? Because, I, like, I mean, I, it I, should I, be the same quality of doctor, but I mean, we're in like, freaking Nashville. Like, we got more healthcare professionals listen, within, like, listen, let me tell you something 15 miles where we're we staying. had that cognitive. It's right here. <laughs> been here for like seven fucking years and they didn't even use it so like uh, let's uh, okay fair, fair, fair enough. yeah maybe, let's <laughs> be careful just here. take all your physicals at vanderbilt you know what i mean but just go, and go my there. thing is i'm kind of leaning that it's kevin raiders filling this jeff swing uh, that's what you said on f words yeah um, i'm kind of le- i've, I've okay. been on it i, I okay. think i think i'm kind of sniffing it out mm-hmm. i th- i do think though that like Obviously, tight end, blocking tight end. You need a jack of all trades tight end. So you need you need two tight ends to go with Chig Conquo. You need one that can kind of fill in to give you that kind of thinly veiled disguise of what the things gonna be. So like right, Michael right, right. Pruitt was that right. when he was here. Like is Ferkser pass Jeff Swaim only. It was a run. Right. If Michael Pruitt was out there, kind of like oh, I don't know if it's gonna be a run or a pass. Yeah, no, I, I yes, you need it to be. So I call him a jack of all trades. You need side. to be disguised. It also like it. It's funny. I was listening to you and Mike talk about the the tight end going to get him and having him as the Raider as like the, the blocking guy, the third guy when you need him as a specialist. And I'm like, it sells me even more every time I hear you guys talk about that. That Darnell Washington makes everybody oh, around man. him better because he makes the he makes the left tackle better. Yeah, he makes the right tackle better. He makes the running game better. He makes you know uh, Chickaconquo better. He gives he helps Tannehill. He like he's just sort of a force multipliers hard at tight end, but like it does feel like his game again like tight end on a Georgia who could be a second round pick. That's a guy that does so much of the things you need. Maybe you just need a third guy in that room that's kind of a cheap plug and play piece. Maybe Raiders that yeah. piece. So, um, but receivers the big one to me. Like receivers, obviously, what you need to go do. That's why DJ Chark is the name for me. I, I, I think I think that's a good name, but I think there are DJ Sharks in the draft. I guess you oh, could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I almost think that you need a Marvin Jones over a DJ Chark. I know like, you. That's kind of where like I'm Jones. at. I know you like Jones. It's not that I think that Jones. It, I don't subscribe to the fact that you have to have veteran presence inside your locker room, specifically for the wide receivers. I, I think that Rob Moore has shown, especially with the relationships that he's created, that he can be that right. calming presence, right? That veteran presence. You look to me. I will show you the way. He, A.J. Brown, I think, said it best. Yeah, yeah. So I don't necessarily think you need it. But if you need that guy, it's Marvin Jones. I think I can. I see I'm still are, here for Richie James because Jameson Crowder just got signed to the New York Giants. I saw that. So that means that... His role is gone over at the Giants. I, I think I could be on board with either Jones or Chark. I think the key is if it, my, my issue with Chark is the health. If he's if he's gonna if you guarantee me fifteen games, you still need three wide receivers. I, I agree. Not seventeen. I don't know how you get them, but you need three. Yeah, 
well, one in the, one in the draft, if not two in the draft. Yeah, for sure. I would um, love that. Probably second or third round pick, as we've talked about. But I, I think what I like about DJ Chark is if he is healthy and on the field, I think he's the best football player uh, of the group that we could go out and uh, that this team could yes. go out and sign. Okay. But he's injured so much that it's hard to know. Also, they, they do love their LSU players. So yeah. I, I just think he like he is a physical. He likes blocking. He's a, he doesn't mind the contact. Like he just kind of fits Vrabel's violent, physical, versatile kind of thing. But only if he's healthy, which is the opposite of what Vrabel wants right now. So that that's the only reason that there's hesitation. I think on him, I, if he had been healthy the last two years, three, I think he is signed already. Yeah. fast by somebody. I'm, so. I'm not sure that they need a left guard in free agency. I would like a left guard in free agency. I would love to have Dalton Risner come in, and then you are pretty much set heading into in the draft. draft. You don't have any clear holes. But the reason I don't think you need a left guard is not because you solve it in the draft, but I think it's Jamarco Jones and Dylan until, Radins. Until Dylan Radins is healthy. I, I, I am subscribed to that, and there's a reason Jamarco Jones is still on this team, because you have people that can provide you the utility Jordan aspect Bruce. of it. Because you have Jordan Ruse, because you have a guy. Okay. You have other players that can play both tackle and guard. They're keeping him on here, because I think that he's going to come in and compete for okay. that left guard spot this year. Uh, special thanks to our sponsors, Kingston Group, Sinkers. Go check them out, of course. Uh, Uber Eats, search Sinkers, have the boost delivered right to their house, Zach. They drive so you could drink. There you go. We got it. We're back. Back in the saddle. Uh, all right. I don't know if you have any other free agency things, because I want to quickly touch on New Hopkins. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, and, and I, again, you guys talked about this on F-Words, but I, I think... Since I, we talked, though, it has changed to, like, it's going to be, like, closer to the Brandon Cooks trade for DeAndre Hopkins. So cheaper acquisition costs, yes. right? So we're talking fourth, fifth, sixth round, somewhere in there to get him. Obviously, a huge contract. What, $32 million, I yes. think? So... Not they'd have to work some some cap stuff to either extend him or like whatever they'd have to work some magic to make it all work from a financial standpoint. But philosophically, I'll just start this by saying DeAndre Hopkins is a great wide receiver. He is one of the best wide receivers of our generation, but he is not in a place in his career where a he's where does our generation start? Probably like when he was drafted, you know, like oh, so you're talking his generation. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, his generation. Like I'm about to say Terrell Owens. Randy no, 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 Moss. no. Sorry, sorry. When I um when I say when I think like Hall of Fame status about players, it's about the time that they were playing. Gotcha. Were they among the best players at their position during their career? And I think DeAndre Hopkins during his career was has, among was among yeah. the best receivers. Maybe probably not the best, but like among the best receivers at his position during his career. He's been injured a lot lately. My issue is not that he's a good player or that he would not he would make the Titans better. It's that that is completely antithetical to everything that Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon have told us they are trying to do for this organization right now, which is get younger, faster, more violent, more versatile, more explosive. DeAndre Hopkins is great. He's not a yeah, speed but doesn't threat. Nick Westbrook Akine only fit one of those? And that's no, young. but he's not. But uh, Nick Westbrook Akine can be cut in camp and is your fifth wide receiver. Well, hey, I don't care about. He's that. not the fifth wide receiver right now. That's the problem. Well, just he, to throw this out there, and I know that what? people get added in his well, third, he's second. Well, no, <laughs> Phillips is ahead of him, right? No, I mean okay. not when you're you lining up Phillips on the outside. No, 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 I agree. Yeah, that's foul. But we know that's not where he's going to be. In right, camp. right. I, I am. He's a veteran backup uh, stopgap in case of a break in case of emergency. That's yeah. what Nick Westbrook Akine is. Anyway, which, 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 which is broken open every numerous year. times. Yes. Every year. He, he's a good special, I, maybe good special he, he player. is the issue. Maybe it's these injury issues have started since Nick Westbrook Kinney has gotten considerable playing time and gotten on the roster's initial 53 man roster. Here's my conspiracy theory. Okay. He has a voodoo doll of every wide receiver in the room <laughs> and he is poking that voodoo doll. I do. 
Because this has not happened hey. until he he got put on the initial 53. Because he wasn't in 2020. It was 2021 and 2022 made the initial 53. He's 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 gunning for people. He's like the Los Angeles Chargers medical doctor stabbing people in the lungs. <laughs> Is that the guy who still now now works for a media company in town? Um, what I no, think, I, but a different different, yeah, Chargers, different, guy, different, different Chargers, Chargers doctor. doctor. I know you're talking about. Um, no, what I think is it. So here's you want to see an example of media bias, just like total media bias. Nick Westbrook Akine likes this shirt. He likes this shirt. I was talking to him one. He's like, "Hey, nice shirt, dude," because it's an Indianapolis 500 shirt. He's from Indiana. He oh. went to Indiana. He liked my shirt. So, of course, I'm never going to say anything bad about him. That's that's media bias right there. No, I, I I just think he is clearly your fifth receiver when you start the season, should things go as you as planned. Until but, he starts kneecapping people. But let's get back to Hopkins. Uh, yeah, he's under the he's under the bar, just like nah. I, I think Hopkins doesn't fit any of the 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 phil- philosophies that Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel are trying to project to their roster right now. They are not one old aging wide receiver who is a contested catch monster, but isn't like a, he doesn't go get open. He's not going to go run routes and pull safety. Help. Like he doesn't do that stuff anymore. He is a in traffic. Like, I, I don't know. Like he's a bigger, stronger, better version of Robert Woods. Okay, like so he's, let me ask you a question. I'm playing devil's advocate. Cause I, you, you know, my stance already on this. So I'm just playing devil's you're advocate. You're anti-signing or, or for, trading the, for the most part. I I'm like, Right now, here here's where I'm at. So this is kind of where like I'm I'm kind of back on the fence now. Like oh, I, okay, because you give up a fifth and a sixth round pick for him. Okay, is he better than those fifth? Does he make a bigger impact than the fifth and sixth round player? That sure. You have? sure. Okay. Sure. So that's okay. Okay. So that's that's fine. If you are the veteran, if you are subscribe, which I don't, but if you subscribe to the veteran pl- presence of a wide receiver needs to be there. Wouldn't you rather spend the fifth okay. and a sixth to get DeAndre Hopkins, or would you rather have Marvin Jones? Okay, because um, you get to get Hopkins. the veterans, and then you got to remember the talent on the field. Hopkins, but now get me to the cost. Okay, How so I'll get you to the cost. Get, so, I know you got some magic over there on the left. I, I do. So. Okay, so if the Titans were to trade for DeAndre Hopkins, they inherit. This is a if you had notifications on, you would have seen this last night. <laughs> twenty twenty three, they inherit nineteen point four five base salary. Okay. 2024, 14.915. None of that is guaranteed. So no guaranteed money. So they could restructure 17 million roughly of the 2023 salary because they could probably do more. But I'm just trying to keep it even. Gotcha. And you add three void years. Okay. So in doing that, when you do that, just got to open up because of the extra characters they use, that turns into a 2023 cap hit of 5.85 million. So 2023, 5.85. Manageable. And you get a potential out next year. You can cut him and have thirteen point six million in dead money because when, when you have one hundred when you have one hundred and forty million, okay. All right. and you save still one point three one five million against the cap, and, or you could just keep him and this take guy. an eighteen point three one five million cap hit next year, and then after the contract's over, you just have ten point two million in dead money, mm. or you could extend them after that. And so basically, that. basically, uh, for a fifth and sixth round pick. A five million dollar cap hit, and then cut thirteen million dollar dead the next year, twenty twenty four. Yeah, so you essentially just cutting like the nineteen million dollars. I mean, if, if you give me that press release from the Titans, I might be interested. I just don't. I, I even still, I don't know just get what. Just by the Titans, and I'll get you that press I release. I, I, Titans PR is actually great. Okay, <laughs> Kim and Robbie, we love you guys. Dwight, you guys are great. Um, here's what I would like. I don't know what it buys you. 
I don't know where it t- like is this team going to go See, that's from the thing. I seven it, and eleven to like eleven wins and it, win the seat, win the division because of DeAndre Hopkins? I don't know I, if it's the don't... age and the injury his- history that scares me off, or if it's the fact that it just does not. If Derrick what... Henry's not worth any wins, then DeAndre Hopkins not worth any wins either. Right? Like it's almost like you're saying you are. If you make this move, you're flashing a neon lights that Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, Ryan Tannehill, Traylon Burks. This offensive line, this elite defense, they're gonna win. we're coming. We're going to win the division. Where we are, we have Super Bowl expectations, which is exactly what they had when they traded for Julio Jones. Is that the true. the problem? Is to have a hard time thinking that it's the right expectation to have. It's oh, like it's I, I think they're going to be competitive, regardless of if they get DeAndre Hopkins or not. But the they're, problem is, you're talking about different levels of competitiveness. They're one trade away from going for the uh, the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Like they're one, you trade Tannehill and you are going for the number one pick at point. You're trying to get Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever else you love up there. Like, but that's that, I, I don't, don't think that's necessarily the case. I, I know that you, may be I, the likely result, right. but that is not the case. That's <sighs> not the they if they trade Tannehill and they still have Derrick Henry and Kevin Byard, they're still going to win games. They're still, are, and, and they're still going to try to win games. And and they could still in this division win six or seven. So I, I agree. I, there's no there's I I get it. I'm always been in agreement with you. That Vrabel and the sort of foundational core of the roster is good enough to be competitive most Sundays. I agree with that. Are they going to win most of those games? No. So if we're talking about six wins versus 10, if that's their entire window, right? Worst case scenario, they tank, they can win six games. Best case scenario with DeAndre Hopkins, they can win 10 games. And that's, and that, but that's also with Kevin Byard, with a healthy defense, with a, a, an offensive line, with the free agents that, that they've signed already working out, with draft picks contributing, with Traylon Brooks staying healthy, with Derrick Henry getting 300-plus carries, and Ryan Tannehill staying healthy. Let me ask you a question. Just real All quick. that has to happen. Just real quick, side sidebar here. Okay. Literally. Dalton Kincaid is not, again, not working out at, at his pro day today. He has a compression f- fracture that he's still overcoming from in his back injury. You're talking about the tight it, end out of Utah? Yes. Where are you at on this guy if it, you're the Tennessee Titans? And if you were in the draft room and Braden was GM, are you just – because the ceiling is sky high, right? Oh, That's what everybody he's, he's one of my favorite players in college this back last injury, two years. Yes, and I, I I don't think it – there's no compare like there's no connection between Caleb Farley and Dalton Kincaid. Right. They're two human Other beings. Other than just like back injuries. They're, total, they're totally separate human beings. It's the same thing like – yeah. Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins and, and CJ Stroud are totally different human beings. It does. It's not real. Well, Justin Fields played. and Dwayne Haskins are the same person. Well, not quite, but there's, there's totally different. Like it, it, the Ohio state thing doesn't matter is my point. Just like Georgia defenders doesn't matter. What, <laughs> what matters is the evaluation of Dalton Kincaid's medical charts and hopefully they've got better people do, than doing the physicals they can maybe this, maybe can everybody the saints just, guys yeah maybe everybody <laughs> just needs to copy the saints homework. can we get the saints guys yeah. to evaluate Dalton yeah King that's Bay, that's what you need he is a great great player i do not think he gives you the inline blocking along the line of scrimmage like i still still think you'd need a third tight end that's a blocking tight end he is to me he is far more of a okay split him out in space throwing the ball a darnell bunch. washington or dalton kincaid right now washington but okay. can i get kincaid in the fourth round See, that's why I wonder. I wonder how far he's going to drop. Where, what round does he have to fall to for Four. you to be so fourth probably round? Probably fourth. Now they don't pick in the fourth. But yeah, I'd say probably the fourth. Okay, I was wondering. Just I, I still question. think Washington at two is a little high with the forty-first pick, but you got to do what you got to do. But you got you got to take. You could have used that forty-first pick to get Elijah Moore, but you know they they would you have done that? Working. Would you have done that? Yeah, they 
if you, Would you trade you, the 41st pick for Elijah Moore right now? Elijah Moore and the, the 73rd pick that they sent back. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Heck I yeah, I would. I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd write up and a little, listen, I'd frame whatever card <laughs> the number 41 pick comes in on, frame it, and I would drive it up there myself for and, Elijah Moore. And, uh, and keep him away from a potentially, you know, the Browns, are, I think the Browns are going to be good this year. I'm just, I know people don't want to hear that, but I think the Browns are going to be good this year. <laughs> Deshaun Watson's going to have to step up his game. Hey, well, he will uh, eventually will, because maybe? he's, will he? is that a given? Well, he is what he didn't forget how to play. He just was rusty. And that's. Mm. I, I look. We we like the we like the coaching staff. I think it's a lot of great weapons. Well, I think it's interesting that they're trying to move away from Nick Chubb, which I think is an utter disaster waiting to happen. No, I think it's. Uh, now we're off on a very different tangent. I think we gotta get to the SEC because we, we do this every time. I know, we talk about the NFL. Football. We just like fuck SEC. All right, SEC. Let's do SEC. Sinkers, by the way, uh, we are at their event space here. If you want to book it, by the way, make sure you reach out to yeah, like three Sinkers. minutes. Sinkers is the website. <laughs> so real quickly here, uh, we re- we always do this. Um, SEC storyline. We'll get have to, to we'll back. have to do like an SEC. Let's prep this this SEC storyline subject with. How about this? Well, I know prime, you say prime, SEC prime storylines that matter. Okay. Why don't you go through real quick and say why are do people or what are the kinds of storylines that people are focusing their energy on in the wrong sense? Like you, we had talked earlier about people already writing the the story of Nico's career. Obviously, you know, letting freshmen play out would be a, a yes. one of the storylines yes. you gotta, you know, let happen. Uh, the, the the transfer quarterback that looks great against air, we don't know what he is yet. That's a storyline you forget about. Okay. Uh the freshman linebacker who played great in the spring game doesn't mean he's gonna be on the the starting lineup in the fall camp. So the guy who has the big spring game who's a young freshman who's wowing you. I've seen I've read a lot of articles that are like in depth in the weeds about practice to practice like offensive line battles, right? Like here's here's the seven names for the two spots on the left side of the offensive line for Arkansas, let's say. Like that stuff is complete garbage. It doesn't mean that the names aren't important to remember, but it doesn't matter until fall camp. Nothing re- like you are installing an offense if you have a new coordinator. So like August uh, August when camp starts is when if a freshman is starting to run with the ones I care about that in August. I don't okay. care about that in, uh, that in the spring. It's better. That, it's like landing a recruit. It's better to get the player than to not. But what matters in the SEC is new offensive coordinator and three quarterbacks at Georgia battling for a starting job for the two-time defending champs. That is a really big story. Ty Simpson versus Jalen Milrow at Alabama with a new coordinator, Tommy Reese. That is a huge storyline to watch. You're not going to learn the answer in the spring unless a coach comes out and says, Ty Simpson is the starting quarterback at Alabama or Carson Beck is the starting quarterback at, at Georgia. Unless the coach does that. You, and by the way, they have no incentive to do that because they don't want players to transfer. So they want to, they want to keep it open as long as possible because there's another transfer window coming. Don't worry about the specific player names in spring practice. What matters is the big picture stuff. Kentucky's new offense. The offensive line needs to be fixed. The new coordinator, the new coach, how are they all working together? Apparently, Kentucky's running a wider open offense. It's going to be more spread out. It's going to be run more tempo this year. The offensive line might be improved. That's the kind of st- like. Don't worry about the names. Don't worry about the depth chart. Worry about the big picture stuff. How the hell is Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher going to exist in the same coaching room? Jimbo Fisher's first press conference this week was the most bizarre spring press conference I've ever seen. Even even weirder than the ones Almost, from last year. <laughs> because because what do you do in the spring if you're a coach? It's all optimism. Yeah, it's all. Well, we got a bunch of great guys coming in for spring. We're going to get some work done. We're going to develop the young guys. We're going to install the new tricks. We're going to play some players at these new positions. We're going to find out what we got at this depth chart. And everybody's happy. It's so easy to sell positivity in spring press conferences. It's just what you do. Everybody else does it. Jimbo Fisher wouldn't even let the reporter finish the question with Bobby Petrino's name in it. 
he like stopped him and was like, well, we're just going to run the same offense and you know, does the whole thing. And at the end he goes, yeah, and Bobby P is going to call the plays, which is what the question was going to be. It's already contentious. Now, Bobby Petrino is going to do great things. Do you think he hired Bobby Petrino or was Bobby Petrino hoisted on him by the boost? He wasn't, he wasn't forced on him. Okay. He wasn't forced on him. But here's what's fascinating from a media perspective and from fans around the SEC that can just like watch from a distance, unless you're an AM fan, I guess. Sorry. I, I do think the offense is going to be much better and the expectations for AM are low. So, of course, they'll do good. But no matter what happens, it's Jimbo Fisher's fault. If it's bad and it doesn't work, Jimbo Fisher's, Jimbo Fisher's fault. fault. If the offense is great and it does work, guess who gets credit? Jimbo Fisher. Bobby Petrino. Oh. It doesn't matter what happens in College Station. Jimbo Fisher's ego loses. I like it. It loses no matter what. And then we all win. And we <laughs> we all win. But again, don't worry about like who's starting at wide receiver in the spring game for AM. It's not that's not what matters. What matters is big picture are Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher able to coexist. So think about the big picture stuff. That's what matters. Nico Iamaleava. Dennis Dodd wrote this. It's not an anti-Dennis Dodd take, but it is a anti-whoever sourced this take to him. Whispers around Tennessee's program that maybe he's not worth the $8 million contract. Four years. 12, sec wanna, 12, wanna, 12 seconds into the eight-year contract. Grind you, that, that take into cocaine and snort it. You've, <laughs> that feels good to you? Oh, my God. But, like, the idea that I'd you could I'd be so happy because, Nico, <laughs> I, I just say, Nico and Arch Manning, I just have this. Arch like, is going to crush people. Just let everybody. He's way. I, just I think he's way better than Nico, we'll in my opinion. Well, oh yeah. Well, I mean, Nico sucks. So we've already well, heard that he's not even going to win the job. <laughs> he's not supposed to. The the point is, is how can you decide on an eighteen year old's future in one practice against air? Do you watch a uh, Ted Lasso? How does the coach even know? What if Josh Heupel is the source of the information? You know this. You know. I, do you watch Ted Lasso? I've watched the first episode. I've not seen the second one yet. Oh, okay. I'm well, holding off so the wife wants okay. to watch it. So. Well, but I do I'll, love Ted Lasso. When, when you watch the second episode, which if, of season three, we'll we'll talk. Uh, are you on season three or season? Uh, yeah, one? season three. Yeah, okay. yeah, and we're one episode. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. We'll circle back to this Nico Dennis Dodd thing, and then we'll <laughs> you'll 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 pick up where I'm laying down. Oh my god. You'll okay. pick up the All reference right. I was gonna make. Fair enough. Uh for Jason and Sean and Stoney and Trey and Mark and all you guys that show up every single day, every single show for us. We really appreciate you guys, man. And here's the deal: sign up for um the in crowd. It's it's the name of the, the club there, the VIP club for Sinkers and Bluegrass and Hendersonville. So Sinkers in East, Hendersonville in in um or Bluegrass and Hendersonville. Sign up for the in crowd, get your information there, become a VIP, and we're going to have some really cool events for you guys this summer. We're going to have some tastings. We might have some brewery tours. We're really excited about the partnership. We're super proud to have them on board. Sinkers, right there's the logo, right there. Um, and we do appreciate their support. Locally owned, family operated since 1985, serving Nashvillians. And again, lots of really fun, cool stuff planned for you guys throughout the course of the summer. It's going to involve actual human beings getting together in person. How about that? And hopefully, a lot of this stuff, too. <laughs> a lot of this good brown water back here. Also, thanks to the Kingston Group, buildkg.com, of course. Uh, Almost got me a Montaki beer out of the fridge over here. Hey, we were told we can... We can. Well, he said soft drinks and water, so I was like, you know... Oh, you don't... Well, you, should we taste some of this? I don't know. No. I don't, we'll see. Uh, anyway, check out Sinkers and Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Also locally owned and operated, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm in Nashville. We only partner with the best, folks. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. F words pod, of course, on Twitter. F words pod everywhere you get your podcasts. You can get to Stacking me. Stackingtheinbox.com. Oh, forgot about that one. Sorry, that. Uh, there you go. And then at Braden Gall, of course, on Twitter at 440 Sports. And please tell somebody about the show. We got a big plan. We got we got big stuff planned for you on Monday. 
uh, as well. Quarterback stuff, lots of stuff. Have a great weekend, everybody. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. For Zach, I'm Braden. This has been a football show. 